Thursday edition here on The Ref, the home of Sooner fans. Welcome in and thank you again to Tim Lasher and his company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, for sponsoring our first hour here on Steelman and Thune. You need your AC unit service before the, uh, the hot temperatures get here? Well, it was 94 yesterday for a record high. Previous year it was 32. Was it really 94 yesterday? Yeah, that's what I heard. That's crazy, huh? That's uh, that's too warm for this time of the year. Anyway, you need to give Tim Lasher, Lasher Home Comfort Systems, a call at 405-579-3113. They will get you set and uh, have your unit running very smoothly for uh, the upcoming summer temperatures. How are we doing, Parker? Everything good? Everything is great, Mike. We are a little over 48 hours from the spring game, yes. so everything is fine and dandy. In middle America. I actually need to turn my headphone volume down, and I have the loudest headphones in radio history. But give me one second. Wow. I think this is a first in the history of this program. It is, man. Chris Plank said, uh, we were talking the other day, he goes, man, my headphones are so loud. I hope they don't bother you when you come in here. I'm like, dude, I'm turning them up. So... I, uh, I'm i old. I can't hear. I need to go see Weba, wherever she is now, and get my hearing aids here with the next uh, two or three years would be my guess. Okay, we have a big show planned for today. My all-time favorite Sooner is coming on at 1235 today. That would be the one, the only, Silver Shoes himself, Little Joe Washington, will be joining us. Big event today. Teddy Lehman's going to be out there at Ash Cigar from 3 to 6 at 712 North Broadway in Oklahoma City. The uh, signature Joe Washington cigar smoked through a keyhole. New series coming out again. These are cool. They, Of course, they have the silver wrapper. You know they're going to have the silver wrapper. And uh, Teddy's going to be out there from 3 to 6 today. So uh, Ash Cigar today, 3 to 6, 712 North Broadway at OKC. Tomorrow at the Cohiba Lounge. I love the Cohiba Lounge. It's a great place on the corner of Boyd and Jenkins, 630 to midnight tomorrow night. Little Joe Washington, his signature cigar. I mean, this is a guy, I worship the ground that Joe Washington ran on. And he ran very effectively on with his silver shoes. He, I still say, is the coolest Sooner player in history and certainly one of their greatest players, no doubt. That's why all through, you know, elementary and middle school football and on into, well, junior high, I had to switch to 40, and then I stayed with 40 after that. But I wore 24 in every sport because of Joe Washington. Uh, Eric Bailey will be coming on with us to talk about the Sooner Spring game at 1.35 today. So we've got a busy show planned, and of course, we'll be looking for your texts. You guys do such a great job on the text line, 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. We love to uh, get your texts, and we get a ton of them, and we read as many of them as we can. So let's light that up again today. Interesting, Tyler McComas brought this to my attention today, that there is a new podcast that has debuted on uh, all of the podcast uh, outlets that you probably go to, whether it's Apple, Spotify, whatever. But Joe Harris, the OU president, has a brand new podcast that debuted today called Conversations with the President. And guess who his first guest was? Well, I think I have a pretty good guess. I mean, Joe Harris is a smart guy. You don't become the president of the University of Oklahoma without having a brain with superior firepower and superior intelligence, right? And how do you want to attract people to your first podcast? Bring on Muleshoe. That, no, 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 no. Bring on Brent Venables. <laughs> Maybe talk about Muleshoe. Who knows? Or, or Dog Muleshoe. But, yes, Brent Venables, his first guest. I love this exchange 
where Joe Harris is talking to Brent about, you know, as we're going through this process and everything and you're hearing what's going on, what are you thinking at the time uh, before you get the offer? But I've always wondered, before we came over to your lake house, uh, as you, you know, waited for us to show up, uh, when you were talking with your family, had you made the decision at that point? Were you still pondering it? What was sort of your thought process behind whether you, um, you know, what, what you were expecting to hear from us there and, and how you were going to make that decision? And was it already made? To be honest. Yeah, please. I'm wondering, what took you all so long to offer me the job? <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair question. Yeah, no, I wasn't really asking uh, – you know, I didn't need, need an answer, but I really was thinking that to myself. Well, it's about time. <laughs> Y'all finally pulled it together. Right. We <laughs> finally did. No. Um, and so for us, yeah, it was just a matter of time. Does the opportunity happen through this conversation? And if it does, how are we going to celebrate? We booty bumping. We, <laughs> you know, we dapping it up. We hugging. Uh, we yeah. dancing. We did a little bit of everything. Absolutely. And. Uh, for us on so many levels, there was such great peace and clarity and ease because of the relationships, because of familiarity, uh, because of our love for Norman and the University of Oklahoma. Good stuff. And that is the brand new podcast, Joe Harris, the OU president, Conversations with the President, which uh, debuted today. I love that answer from Brent because... That's what everybody was thinking at the time. When we were talking about the coaching search, why haven't they made the offer yet to Brent Venables? Why isn't this done? And it eventually got done. But isn't that what everybody was thinking at the time? Yes. <laughs> what took oh, that you week. All so I'm, just, long? I'm having war flashbacks to that week. Oh, that was hell. It was very traumatic. Yes, I'm going to need uh, therapy at some point, just remembering that week. I slept a total of like 15 hours that week. Yeah, you guys are going crazy. And uh, that Sunday night when Brent landed at Max Westheimer was, was a great night, though. One of the most iconic nights that I've ever experienced in the state of Oklahoma. Well, when you have a low-down, dastardly, lying uh, egomaniac who went out to L.A. that completely pulled the wool over Sooner fans, uh, particularly in his last season, and you're thinking, what in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? And then you wait. The waiting is the hardest part. Your favorite artist, Tom Petty, sang about that. And it was. It was very difficult. But when he landed in Norman, I mean, that, you talk about just a, a great night. That was, that was a great night. His reaction, the fans' reaction. I mean, you, it was SRO out there. People were on the rooftops. It was crazy. And Sooner Nation finally got the relief they were looking for. So this is going to be a special weekend, man. And, yes, there may be some rain, but Brent Venables has instructed you, you know, be ready. Be ready. No excuses. You've got to be at the spring game. We'll see if they can sell it out. And the Baker uh, statue, Heisman statue dedication will happen at halftime. Baker was on the ref yesterday with the rush with uh, Teddy and Tyler, and that was great stuff. Tyler asked him a really good question. I mean, it was this was a Hall of Fame question. You know, because Baker grew up, yes, in Austin, but he also grew up a Sooner fan. We all saw that jersey. Mike Jones was there. Baker and his family were there on the sidelines. He's wearing the Quentin Griffin jersey. You know, it's like a 10-year-old Baker Mayfield. And Tyler asked him, what uh, would uh, what would Baker at 10 years old be thinking about a moment like this happening for him at Owen Field? Oh, man. Um and that, that gives me chills, to be honest with you. I mean, that's, that's something I really did dream about. Um, 
you know, coming up to those games, tailgating with uh, people outside, right outside Heisen Park, to be honest with you, picking up flag or touch football games with, with kids I didn't know and, you know, trying to envision myself playing there. Um, it just, it really has been a dream come true. Um, it, it's always been home. It's always felt like family and the tradition obviously speaks for itself. And this is something that's so surreal coming full circle and, um, you know, having that statue go up there next to <laughs> some really, really big time legends, people that I looked up to. So that it's pretty special for me. Pardon me. Uh, this is going to be a super therapeutic Saturday, isn't it? Because the Sooner fan base needs this. You know who else needs this? Baker Mayfield. A palate cleanser, it as will it be. were. Yes, this is going to be, again, this is the most anticipated spring game we have had in a while. Uh, the biggest one that I can remember. I, I'm trying to think of one that was, was this big and this highly anticipated. And I can't think of one. And to have Baker, you know, as the uh, the icing on the cake. And uh, he said he will be speaking during the halftime ceremony. And we'll get to see, you know, how, how he's depicted, you know, with the statue. Everybody's been waiting to see. Is it going to be the flag plants? What's it going to be? Uh, we're all looking forward to that. But Sooner fans need this, man. They need to. It kind of feels like the grand opening of the Brent Venables era. You know, kind of like they've been constructing the dealership. And they've got the giant gorilla outside, but now they're ready to sell cars and put the cars out there on the lot. I don't know. That's probably a bad analogy. But you know what I'm saying? It kind of feels that way. And for Baker Mayfield, man, he has been dumped by the Browns and is still looking for an NFL home. You've got the talking head saying this or that. And, you know, Baker Mayfield, he's one of those guys along with uh, Jeff George and Jamarcus Russell who didn't last five years you know, being the number one pick and all of that stuff. He's been hearing it. He admitted, you know, social media was very difficult last year. I thought that was a, a moment of candor that we got in that podcast recently. So Baker Mayfield, man, I think he needs this too. He needs to feel the love, and he certainly will coming up this weekend. So I'm expecting a, a big day on Saturday. The, you know, if it rains on the parade some, there, there's still going to be a parade. So – I think it's going to be. I, I think it's going to be a spectacular turnout. I really do. Well, and you bring up a good point, Mike, which is not only is this huge for the university, and not only is this a huge day for the program and for Brent Venables and for every Sooner fan that's going to be part of the experience, but it is going to be a moment of refreshment for Baker Mayfield at a juncture at which his career is very much at a crossroads and. You think about it, there, there are a lot of parallels to Oklahoma's journey over the last eight, nine months and Baker Mayfield's journey because there was a time, <laughs> circa November 28th, where everybody had written off Oklahoma for the next five years because the mushroom cloud that Muleshoe left in his wake was enormous. And it looked for all the world like that was going to be the type of move that buried the program for several years. For Baker Mayfield, he's got a lot of folks that have written him off after the season that he had in 2021 with the Cleveland Browns. So what we saw with the Sooners and with Brent Venables is that that narrative can quickly be reversed if you bring in somebody or rather you mesh two entities that are a natural fit for one another. And to me, that's what I want to happen for Baker Mayfield. And 
sure, this Saturday is going to be fantastic for him to get the statue unveiled and revel in the legend that he left behind in Norman, Oklahoma. But look into the future. I wonder if Baker Mayfield, at the end of it all, ends up in Seattle, like we've been murmuring about for the last month. You and know if what that would be happens, ironic? If that happens, by the way, Parker, I was just thinking that Baker, to me, and you guys can agree or disagree with me and give me your thoughts. Uh, we'd love to have them on the Air Comfort Solutions text line at 405-651-3439. Since Boz, I arguably Baker is the most popular Sooner of all time right now. And the, the guy that I think was there for a while was Brian Bosworth who played in Seattle. And one of the reasons Boz was so huge was, number one, he was a great player. Number two, it was his personality, his charisma. And on the offensive side of the ball, Baker Mayfield was Brian Bosworth at OU. Controversial. Man, you love him if you're a Sooner fan. You hate him if you're a fan of the opposition, if you're a Nebraska fan or a Texas fan or any other any other team that goes against OU. You couldn't stand the Boz. But, man, he was going to come and he was going to lay the wood and kick your derriere all over the field. Kind of the same way with Baker Mayfield. So it might be that might be some more symmetry you're talking about if he winds up in Seattle. And maybe in a in a few years, we're looking back on this day, April 23rd, and we're remembering, hey, you know, you remember when Oklahoma was coming out of some dire straits and Baker Mayfield was entering some dire straits, and this was the day that they kind of met in the middle, shook hands, got to revel in the glory of the past, and just as we saw Oklahoma's program revitalized in the aftermath, we saw Baker Mayfield's career revitalized in the aftermath. So, again, even even before the spring game, I think the biggest question that we're asking with regard to Baker Mayfield is where's his next destination. But after the spring game, after he has the statue unveiled, after everything comes full circle for him at Oklahoma, then the focus turns fully to, okay, what is next for this guy at the NFL level? Yeah, no doubt. And like I said, I think this is the most special uh, look forward to exciting spring game we've had that I can remember at the University of Oklahoma. And look, Sooner fans are always going to turn out and be excited about the spring game. They're, they're, they're always excited about Oklahoma football and uh, any nugget they can get of information or any chance they get to see the team out there. They're going to be excited about it, but this more so than any other than I can remember. All right, we're going to break right here. Great to have you along on this Thursday. Thank you to Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Give them a call at 405-579-3113. Baker at halftime, the debut of Brent, and you'll get a look at the offense and defense. It is going to be an unbelievable Saturday in Norman. Be right back. Is that what they're going to run out to? Is that going to run out? See, Looking probably for new blood. Not. Nothing's going to stop me now. I don't know, maybe. You never know. What would they run out to? What would be the perfect? That's a good question opening? too. Yeah, for the Venables, the the, chari- the chariots of fire theme to the Brent Venables <laughs> era. <laughs> 
right, that was not bad right there. All right, coming up at 1235 on the law offices of Rod Polson, Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line, the one, the only, Silver Shoes himself, little Joe Washington, my favorite Sooner of all time, 1235, the great Eric Bailey at 135 today, does a great job for the Tulsa world. That'll be happening again during our second hour. Teddy is going to be out at Ash Cigar today. The Smoke Through a Keyhole uh, Cigar event is happening. The Joe Washington Signature Cigar, you bet it has a silver wrapper. Of course, it can have any other color besides a silver wrapper. And uh, that's going to be 3 to 6 today, 712 North Broadway in Oklahoma City. And then tomorrow at the Cohiba Lounge on Friday from 630 to midnight at the corner of Boyd and Jenkins. Yeah, good question on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. What is happening? Why is David Stone not going to be in Norman? Well, they just couldn't make the travel arrangements. That's he had it. planned on it, but uh, some things happened within the last week or so that disrupted his plans. And look, I, I still expect David Stone to end up at Norman. Don't read too much into this at all. So, but, but people were freaking a little bit yesterday when they eh, saw that, you know, right? Like, if there's. If there's one prospect where you're really not going to bat an eye if he doesn't make it to Norman for a date like this, it's David Stone. Because you know, you know where his heart is in all of this. You know where he stands. All right. He's all OU. Parker Thune says, don't worry about it. Not a big deal. David Stone will be a Sooner. All right. Uh, what else do we have on the Air Comfort Solutions? Oh, boy. Line? Message board rumors. DJ Graham to wide receiver. Okay. Mm. Here's what I can say on this. It is something that has been discussed. Does it happen? I don't know, because right now I don't think anybody knows. I think it depends on whether you have attrition at the wide receiver position via the transfer portal after spring ball. To me, if you lose a receiver or two via the portal, and I don't know who that might be, I don't want to throw names out there because I don't want to be the cause of speculation that's undeserved. But if you lose a receiver or two in the portal, I can see DJ Graham making that move because he's a tremendous athlete who can impact the game on both sides of the ball. He's got outstanding hands and outstanding athleticism when the ball is in the air. You saw it last year with that one-handed interception against Nebraska that Uh, will live in the annals of Sooner history and be featured on college football highlight reels for decades to come. That said, kind of looping back around to where this all started, I know this has been a conversation for a matter of months. I know it has been an ongoing conversation as to whether or not DJ Graham is going to stay on the defensive side of the ball. Making the move to wide receiver has been on the radar not necessarily a certainty and not even necessarily a likelihood since the conclusion of the 2021 season. So, yes, that is a thing. That is a thing that could happen. I'm not saying it will happen because the reality when you're dealing with a guy like DJ Graham is that you can put him on either side of the ball and he's going to hold his own. He came to Oklahoma to play wide receiver. He was starting at cornerback by the end of his true freshman Mm -hmm. season. Right. So – It's really a win-win scenario. To me, what it boils down to is, do you have more confidence in your depth at wide receiver or more confidence in your depth at defensive back once spring ball concludes? And I will say this, 
Sooner fans should be very encouraged with the progress that Kanai Walker and Jaden Davis are making in practice. You know Woody Washington is 1,000% locked in as the starter at one of your cornerback positions, but uh, it's shaping up to be a very interesting battle as to who starts opposite him because Kanai Walker has been outstanding. Jaden Davis has been outstanding. And I'm interested to see if C.J. Colden, the Wyoming transfer, can insert himself in that conversation when he joins the team in June. Yeah, I just got a text. Uh, DJ Graham, greatest uh, interception in Sooner history. No, 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 no. Uh, it was a great interception, but Torrance Marshall's interception was much more meaningful. That got the Sooners a national championship, the uh, the interception at A&M. Now, in terms of acrobatic and most difficult to pull off, yes, I'll go with that. But it's not the greatest interception in Sooner history. That belongs to one Torrance Marshall. In College Station. What else do we have? Back to the text line. Mule Shoe sucks. Let's go, BV. <laughs> well, pretty straightforward there. Yeah. Mule Shoe and the Trojans are coming out to the Sanford and Son theme. I love da 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 bum bum. Well, they might have more people at Sanford and Son's junkyard than they have at that game. Of course, they're going to be on ESPN, though. You know. Oh, boy. People, people are already asking the hard-hitting questions, and we're not even a half hour off the ground. Has the Cole Adams ship officially sailed? No, it hasn't. It has not sailed. I still do think Cole Adams will get the Oklahoma offer when all is said and done. Does he end up in Oklahoma sooner? That is the bigger question right now, and I don't know if I could confidently assert that he will. I think Alabama has the upper hand until I have a legitimate reason to believe otherwise. Do you think the fact that, and look, Brent said at one point they are going to value every offer that they make. Now, if they have, and I don't know that they've done this, but if you want to, you know, quote unquote, say that they have slow played Cole Adams, do you think that would be one of the reasons why, even if he gets the offer, he may not end up at Oklahoma? Yes, I think that has a lot to do with it. And I think that's effectively what you can chalk it up to. Mike, if Cole Adams doesn't end up a Sooner, it's going to be because the Sooner staff dragged their feet. I think if they had offered him, well, six months ago would have been the old staff, so I don't want to go back that far. If they had offered him four months ago, if they offered him in December slash January, then I think we're having a different conversation right now. I think there's a decent chance Cole Adams is already committed to Oklahoma, if that's the case. But now that it's April... And now that it's probably going to be May before he does get the offer, you have a competition on your hands. Teddy in the Cotton Bowl. That was a big one. That was a big one, too. No doubt about it. I'm still going with the edge to Torrance Marshall for the greatest interception in Sooner history, in my opinion. But Teddy, you know, being there, obviously, when Superman Roy Williams made the play and Teddy was right there uh, to take it in for six, of course, that was big time. That that maybe it it will be interesting if you look at those two interceptions. I, I think that is the most well known, probably the most beloved interception in Sooner history. You know, uh, because it was against Texas. Ricky Dixon at Nebraska was uh, pretty big as well. Yeah, that was a big one. But I still think, look, Oklahoma was on the ropes in College Station and Torrance Marshall's pick. I think. You know, uh, they're not in 
uh, Miami playing in Florida State if he doesn't make that play. So I'm going to go with Torrance Marshall. But, yeah, there's some big ones. And D.J. Grams, I do think, was the most acrobatic that I've seen. There's no doubt about that. I mean, a one-handed grab. When Gus Johnson goes extra crazy, then you've made yourself a big-time play. All right, we're going to break right here. We have the one and only little Joe Washington coming up next. Always good to catch up with Joe Washington. That's coming up next right here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. Keep it here. We have a legend on the line right now joining us on the law offices of Rod Polston, Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line, the one and only little Joe, Mr. Silver Shoes himself, Joe Washington, big cigar event at Ash Cigar on North Broadway today from 3 to 6. Big event tomorrow night in Norman at the Cohiba Lounge. We'll tell you about the smoke through a keyhole cigar series and get into that here in a little bit. But, Joe, you're in a good mood. I guess you're feeling good about the transition from uh, the guy that we call Mule Shoot. We don't mention Lincoln Riley's name anymore. But uh, to, to Brent Venables. You just said it. You just said it. It's very difficult to say it. There's no doubt. He just said his name. No, I'm just kidding. You know what? Uh, I, I'm really excited. You know, uh, Brent's an upbeat guy and energetic and, you know, pretty, you know, defensive minded. You know, we've uh, hadn't been able to get to the to the pass or, you know, the past few years with, you know, with, you know, uh, I don't know if his scheme or what or whatever, but, you know, we hadn't been able to get to the pass for these last few years. And, you know, you got to get to the quarterback. Now, Joe, you've obviously been a part of the OU community for a long time, ever since your playing days. Uh, can you recall over the course of the entirety of your time within the Sooner community that there's ever been this much buzz for a spring game? <laughs> um, I'd have to say no. Uh, there are a few times, you know, when a lot of the guys, you know, that, you know, really came back, you know, uh, people enjoyed it. But as far as the buzz and seeing what's going on, I tell you what, this surpasses them all. It really does. Yeah, the the anticipation, the buildup is unbelievable. I want to talk to you about playing for Barry Switzer again because, you know, Coach Switzer's reputation was – Kind of a a free spirit, great personality, a lot of charisma, but the the guy was an offensive whiz. There's no doubt about it. Saved Chuck Fairbanks's job. I got Chuck Fairbanks to the New England Patriots because of the switch to the wishbone. But I think when at least nationally, a lot of people look at Barry Switzer and they see all the flamboyance and everything. But I want to talk to you about what it was like playing for Barry and. Uh, there there had to be a ton of discipline because you guys also, and I guess Fort Robertson was a big part of that, but talk about what it was like playing for Coach Switzer in terms of, you know, what was anticipated or expected of you guys because everybody talked about, oh, it's a loose ship there. They've just got great athletes. But you had to be coached up pretty darn good. Well, you know, first of all, <laughs> it was not a loose ship. <laughs> Yeah, and but we did have you know great athletes. I was fortunate enough to come here at a time when we had unbelievable talent at every position, and you know we were pretty deep. You know we had guys that were you know waiting in the wings that could have gone somewhere else and started immediately. But um, we we did have great talent. But what what I will say too, for the most part, it is harder for 
coach, I think, to, unless you are a Barry Switzer, to coach a kid that's extraordinary, you know, talented, than it is to coach a kid that doesn't have that much talent, you know. I, I think it's a little bit more of a difficult job. Playing for Coach Switzer, you know, hey, great personality. One thing you always knew that, you know, if you, if you, if you ask him a question, he, hey, he's going to answer you. It may, and he's going to answer you with what he thinks at that moment. It may not be what you want to hear, and it may not even be what he really thinks, but that's what he's thinking at that particular moment. He was tough. Um, but I think the one thing that really separated Coach from all the others, he uh, listened. And he was able to put himself in your place, you know. And I think, too, he, he believed that talent had its way because, you know, the rules were for everybody. But he handled them within, you know, the frame of frame of our being with each individual. You know what I mean? He, he, he understood. You know, he didn't just clump you into just one group or whatever. You know, when we were in team and, and working, he worked everybody hard, and he was tough. He believed in practicing. He really did. And me being a coach's son, I could understand that, and I did too. But I really think that that was the key, you know, to our success, is his being able to relate, communicate, be compassionate, and, you know, be uh, tough when he had to. Now, Joe, the uh, the running back that everybody's buzzing about in Oklahoma circles heading into this spring is Javante Barnes, the true freshman out of Las Vegas, and he's earned some DeMarco Murray comparisons. He've, he's earned some Joe Mixon comparisons, and so that got me thinking. I wanted to ask you, obviously there's only ever going to be one Joe Washington, just like there's only ever going to be one Billy Sims or one Adrian Peterson, but in the time since you graduated from Oklahoma, which running back do you think – that wore the crimson and cream most resembled the skill set that you had. When you, when you talk about skills, you know, uh, being able to you know uh, throw, run, block, uh, catch the ball. I'd, I'd say you know Demarco Murray. You know he uh, he was able to do everything there was. Now there are, I tell you there are there are more of them. You know uh, Jamon Parker. Uh, he was one, and I'm just trying to, you know, go off my head, but the one that comes to mind, you know, right off the bat is DeMarco. Plus, you know, the fact that I was around here during that particular time, I got a chance to see him, you know, firsthand. So I would say, you know, he would be that particular, you know, one. But, you know, we've, uh, we've, had, we've had some unbelievable guys that, that could do all of that. And uh, just in the, you know, the past three or four years, you know, we had guys that were here that could, you know, could do that. All right, Joe, uh, we're going to talk about your cigar event before we let you go, but I got one more question for you first. I am thinking back. I remember, if, I, if I'm correct, Joe, of course, went on to have memorable moments in the NFL, too, with the Redskins. I'm not going to ask you about John Riggins this time. We've, we've gone over that a bunch, and it's always a great story. But your Monday night football performance for the Colts was legendary. But didn't you play in the college All-Stars versus the Steelers at Soldier Field? Yes. What was Very that? Last one. What was that like? You know, watching 
the Steelers on television before playing that game, you had uh, the utmost respect. And, of course, people were always telling me, you know, and at that particular time coming out of college, he's too small to play in the pros. And now I'm going against the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> yeah, the Steel Curtain. Yeah, they're the Maulers. I'm telling you, half of the guys wouldn't have made it through the second half of the game because, I tell you, they were just that physical. I mean, these guys, they played. And here you are playing them. Now, what made it really comical, which I don't know if it was going to be comical, it was the fact that we had a torrential downpour. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. And... People were in the end zone. They were sliding on the field. We had one kid sliding in the, in the huddle, and, 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 and we're looking at him, and he looks at the quarterback and says, what's the play, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Those were the days. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, so they, of course, after that, they stopped the game. But I uh, remember that on a couple of plays, they are still trying to touch me, and I knew then – that I could play in that particular league. You know, I thought because of my quickness and the skills I had that that I was uh, – I, I, I thought I'd be able to be an every down back in the NFL, even at 175 pounds. Yeah, I remember that game. Yeah, if you can run and uh, and have success against the uh, Steel Curtain, that was so uh, – people – you know, you can go back and look. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait, wait let, me, let me clear this up. Go ahead. I didn't mean – I didn't mean – you know, being able to run against them as far as gaining lots of yardage. Mm-hmm. I meant being able to make sure I could make a miss so they won't kill me. Yeah, they make a lot of yardage. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, the college all stars used to play the Super Bowl champions at Soldier Field, and I thought you played in the last one. I could remember that downpour, and I thought I'm almost positive Little Joe was in that game. All right, <laughs> tell us about uh, how you got in the cigar business. We've got the smoke through a keyhole cigar. Another series coming out. Of course, it has a. Silver Rapper. You've got an event today uh, at Ash Cigar 3 to 6. Teddy Lehman will be out there uh, tomorrow night at Norman at Cohiba Lounge at Boyd and Jenkins, 630 to midnight. So, Joe, now you've got a world-class cigar, too, right? <laughs> well, first of all, I wasn't a smoker, and I know a lot of people don't. For me, it was more the name, and, and, I'm, and I'm at the point now to where I can tell a good cigar from a, you know, a not-so-good cigar. You know, and you have a preference taste. So, what I will say, in all honesty, I feel very confident, and I like holding them. It's cool, you know. And people, you know, buy the cigar. You don't have to light it. You can just look there, be cool. And when they ask you, what are you smoking, you say, hey, smoke through a keyhole. Now, what other cigar has a great name like that? You know what I mean? So, yeah. that, you know, hey, it's more appealing to me because... It looks good. It's the right size. I can guarantee you that it doesn't have a bitter taste or anything, even though, like I say, I am not the greatest connoisseur, but I know what I like, and I know I like my cigar. I don't smoke as many as, you know, uh, people do, you know, but I hold it a lot, and I try to look cool with my cigar. Uh, Joe Washington looking cool, that's not a problem. It never has been. You know that. You know that. Come on. Come on. Hey, Joe, it's always uh, great to walk down memory lane with you. Thanks for your time today. Well, appreciate you guys having me on. I'm looking forward to the season. I'm looking forward to the event. It's such a great group of people that come out. 
and, you know, sit and enjoy, and I enjoy it. We have a lot of our players that, you know, uh, my teammates that come out and coaches, they come and enjoy the festivities, get just get together. Hey, and we want to make sure that everybody looks cool, so, hey, they got to get their cigar. And we're celebrating this year, 50 years ago, I painted my shoes silver. So there you this go. one here is basically, you know, hey, celebration of uh, 50 years of painting the shoes silver. You have no <laughs> idea how many uh, kids in Norman playing elementary school football were trying to get silver model paint to paint their shoes. And they couldn't run like <laughs> you, but they were trying, Joe. Hey, Joe, thanks so much. Best of luck with the event. And it's Ash Chigar, 712 North Broadway, 3 to 6 today. Teddy's going to be out there tomorrow night at a great place. I love the Cohiba Lounge, corner of Boyd and Jenkins, 630 to midnight. It's going to be a Sooner celebration with little Joe Washington before the spring game you got to be there. Joe, thanks again. Hey, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Joe Washington, what a legend. What an absolute legend he is. All right, we'll break right here, come back. We'll get as many texts in as we can. As many texts. You know what Parker Thune impresses me with? He wasn't even alive when Joe Washington played. Whenever we have these old school players on, he still always comes up with a really good question. Yeah, see, this is why it's, this is why YouTube exists, Mike. But I mean, it's you're good, man. You're really good. It's an honor to be working with you and to have Joe Washington on the air too. We'll be right back. Okay, we are with you here on a Thursday. I'm Mike Steele with Parker Thune, Steelman and Thune. At noon on the home of Sooner fans, the Ref Radio Network. Hope you're having a good Thursday. Just got through with a visit with Joe Washington. Always fun to talk to little Joe. Uh, quite the personality. And, again, uh, they will be out there 3 to 6 at Ash Chigar today, 712 North Broadway. Autograph boxes and single uh, smoke through a keyhole cigars for sale today. And then tomorrow night, Cohiba Lounge, Boyd and Jenkins, 630 to midnight uh, for that event. So, Really good dude. Imagine that, Parker. Think of, again, you had the Super Bowl champions playing the college All-Stars at Soldier Field. Used to be Did a Did the college event. All-Stars ever win that game? I don't know. I'd have to wiki it uh, and see. But I do remember that game that Joe Washington – I thought for sure Joe Washington – you know, my memory is – but usually it's pretty good when you go backwards a long time. It's the short-term stuff that gets me – these days, but I do remember that rainy night, Soldier Field, and yes, thinking that the uh, the college All-Stars are getting ready to play against the Steel Curtain. Now, again, the Steelers didn't play their starters the whole game or anything, but, it, uh, you know, that's – think about it. Can you imagine that happening now? Probably not. Okay, let's get as many texts in as we can. And before we get out of here for hour number one, we've got Eric Bailey, the one and only Eric Bailey, coming up the uh, – 135 time slot belongs to Eric Bailey today. A lot of people on the text line are bringing up Derek Strait's pick six against Nebraska. Back That's when you were talking about iconic interceptions in another, Sooner history. Another huge one. Turned the game around. It was, you know, uh, Oklahoma was down 14 to nothing in that game. The Derek Strait interception was huge. I still would go Marshall, number one, for me because it happened later in the year. But that was certainly, again, one of the uh, the iconic plays of that Red October run and that national championship season for OU, no uh, doubt. Somebody said Keith Stansberry's interception, quote-unquote, horrible call against Texas with Switzer wearing the beat Texas hat. That was, was that the year they tied? Yes, and it was in the rain, and 
Stanberry clearly, if we would have had replay then, then the Sooners win that game. But we didn't have replay. And, uh, yeah, that was Keith Stanberry, Mount Pleasant, Texas, great player at Oklahoma. And, yes, it was a it was an awful call. Switzer went ballistic. Did not like it. A lot of people also naturally bringing up Teddy's interception in the Cotton Bowl against Texas. Yes. Another, another huge one, no doubt. <laughs> oh boy, we're back on the uh we're back on the mule shoe. Uh what what do I even call it? We've gotten sidetracked again on the Air Comfort Solutions text line by Mule Shoe Slander. Somebody said, "Being 100% honest, if Tebow would just be 100% honest and tell us what actually happened, we would move on as a fan base, but only after we report him to the NCAA for tampering and recruiting violations. <laughs> Once Tebow was suspended from postseason play five years, depending in, descending into the Pac-12 basement oblivion, would we then finally let it go? You know what he did that you don't do, and people may never get totally over it. I understand people want us to talk about the new regime, and, and we, we are. But when you mess with Oklahoma football – People are going to get very upset, and that's what he did. One more here quick. Michael Hawkins pick six that gave us the lead against Boise State. That was actually Marcus Walker. Right, yeah. Michael Hawkins' only year with the Sooners was 2002. By the way, his kid, the four-star quarterback from Allen High School, going to be on campus on and Saturday for the spring game, That was, and I am a fan. You're right. Marcus Walker off J- Jared Zabransky, and you because you're thinking, all right, that sealed it, and then comes the hook in uh, – Lateral play, and then the uh, Statue of Liberty, and Boise fans will never forget that. Sooner fans would love to. Barry Switzer is proud of you for not calling it the hook and ladder. That's right. All right, take a break. Coming back with Hour 2 next. Hour 2 presented by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72 for a great deal on a vehicle and a great guarantee. Oil changes and engines for life on newer used gas or diesel. You want to get outdoors, have some great food, see a great show, great concert? You can do it at Beats and Bites 22 at Riverwind Casino beginning on May 28th. Night Ranger and Starship with Mickey Thomas will be on the Beats and Bites Festival stage. Coop Ale Works providing some great craft beers. You you can bring your pet as long as you clean up after your pet. You can bring your pet out there and uh, check out some great shows. Again, Night Ranger and Starship with Mickey Thomas on May 28th. In June, we'll have Everclear with Sister Hazel and Deep Blue Something. That'll be a heck of a show. Three really good bands going. On June 18th, the Randy Rogers Band will be on the stage July 9th, followed by a tremendous fireworks show. And then July 30th, it'll be Scotty McCreary. Beats and Bites 2022. Again, all the great food trucks are out there. Local vendors are out there. You'll have a great time with some really good music and uh, some great food and craft beer out at Beats and Bites 2022. And you can get your tickets online right now at riverwind.com. That is at riverwind.com. Individual tickets are only 5 bucks a piece. Heck of a deal. And, again, the first show out this season, May 28th, Night Ranger and Starship with Mickey Thomas. By the way, Parker, the uh, college all-stars – Won nine games against the Super Bowl champions. Really? In, in what was called the Chicago College All-Star Game. And the NFL was 39-2. and two. 30 wins for the NFL, nine for the College All-Stars. Two ties. That year we were talking to Joe Washington about uh, the Steelers beat the College All-Stars 24 to nothing. So, wow. Anyway. Okay, I would not have guessed they would have won nine games. Yeah, and I guess it depends on, you know, how the the NFL teams have been. Obviously, if they approach the game seriously, they probably would have won all 
uh, what, 41 of the contests. But again, uh, yeah, I remember watching that as a kid at Soldier Field. Joe Washington suiting up with the college all-stars playing against the uh, Steelers. And, it, and what, what turned out to be a rainy night, and I think they eventually called the game. It was such a downpour. Great to have Joe Washington on with us. He'll be out again at Ash Cigar 3-6. Teddy Lehman's going to be out there during the rush. 712 North Broadway in Oklahoma City. And then a big cigar event for his smoke through a keyhole uh, cigar at Cohiba Lounge at Boyd and Jenkins, the corner of Boyd and Jenkins, 630 to midnight tomorrow night. A lot of, a lot of Sooner players will be there. I imagine there might, might be a chance. Coach Switzer's there. Probably a pretty good chance would be my guess. So uh, if you're a Sooner fan, that's a, that's a place you need to be. And uh, autograph boxes uh, for sale and single cigars for sale at both events. Okay, so we were talking about just how highly anticipated this spring football game is. I can't remember a spring game that uh, was ever this big. Now, I'm trying to imagine, like, what might have been. Like, let's say, you know, when Marcus Dupree signed with Oklahoma – and then if you know how these high school kids are coming in early now, right? I mean, it happens with, uh, you know, particularly uh, the five-star kids and the really highly recruited kids. Most of those guys are getting to campus and going through spring ball. Uh, I can only imagine, like if Marcus Dupree had come to the spring game, or what, then it was the varsity alumni game, but still – uh, that would have been pretty big. But this one is huge because OU fans, they want to see this product on the field. Brent Venables is also excited. I mean, Brent Venables is bouncing off the walls, I'm sure, as soon as he wakes up. That's his personality. But If he ever sleeps. Yeah, I, does he? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but Brent said the other day uh, during his media session that he is excited to see how all this Plays out Saturday. First of all, you know, we get a chance because the way college football set up, we don't have like a preseason. And uh, you have your inner squad scrimmages in an empty stadium on an empty practice field. And so this is your first opportunity to really have a game simulation uh, with, you know, a great crowd, uh, expecting a great crowd and um, just a, a game day type of an environment so our guys can get out on the field, coaches can get off the field, and we can. Uh, show what we can do. You know, you get, you learn um, a lot when you're put out there and you got to um, make a lot of decisions on your own. You manage the game on both sides of the ball and play within the rules. And, um, you know, just some, sometimes you get exposed uh, through uh, that game day simulation and just uh, find out where we are. You have a good feel going into the game where we're at. But again, this is just another opportunity for us to go out and compete in a game-like situation and see how our guys respond. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Our pregame show at 1, uh, uh, actually at 11.30 until 1.30 at Balfour on Campus Corner, postgame at Yo Pablo afterwards as well. So uh, our man Travis is going to be there at the postgame too. That'll be good, along with uh, Parker. So pregame 1130 to 130 uh, locally here on uh, on the ref. And, again, we will be out there at Balfour and then, uh, once again, postgame at Yo Pablo. So should be fun. Okay, uh, who are two people that we have forgiven for their background at Texas Tech? Bill Biedenboe and Baker Mayfield. Yes, you're right. Uh, Mike Leach, maybe to an extent, because he was part of that legendary first uh, staff for Bob Stoops. Spent one year at Norman before he went to Lubbock. 
But I, I guess there's, we'll give Mike Leach a pass, too. But Bill Biedenboe, we have said Bill Biedenboe, rock star Bill Biedenboe. We love Bill Biedenboe. Bill Biedenboe is a Sooner. He officially has his Sooner seal, right? I'm not talking about the animal. I'm talking about his certificate of 100% Sooner. I mean, he said he's got the, the lake house again at Grand Lake and everything. He's here. He didn't want to go with Mule Shoe. He didn't want to. And guess what? They kept Bill Biedenboe, which I like a lot. And uh, Bill met with the media and uh, wrapped up his session just a little bit ago. And the Sooner offensive line coach was asked about what it was like, you know, watching uh, Baker Mayfield quarterback the Sooners for those three years. Oh, it's awesome. Love Baker. You know, he, he was such the, he's the ultimate competitor. You know what I mean? And that's what you want to be around. Great, great leader. You know, just made everybody around him better. You know, and a great, great person. So, you know, excited to be a part of it. You know what I mean? Excited to be a small part of, you know, those seasons with him. And it's going to be a special time, obviously, for him and his family, but really for everybody that's been involved with it. There you go. Once again, Bill Biedenboe talking about uh, Baker Mayfield. It is going to be cool, and uh, we'll play a clip from Baker coming up in the next segment. He was on the rush yesterday uh, with Teddy and Tyler. Really good stuff, and uh, that is on. Uh, that's being podcast. There's some clips uh, from Baker also on the Sports Talk 1400 uh, Twitter page. Really good stuff. I thought Baker was excellent. And uh, the interview was really good. So if you haven't checked that out yet, please do. It's, uh, it's podcasting on our website and on the uh, Twitter page. So anyway, and we were, yeah, there was a varsity alumni game back in the day. The old, the old players would come back and suit up. Okay. So like when you say alumni, Mm -hmm. I'm assuming you're talking about like players that were in the NFL at that point. Right, because you get to like 45, 50, you're not suiting up against college football players anymore. Um, not all were NFL players, but, you know, players that just wanted to come back. But, yes, so, yeah, I, I don't think you had, uh, you know, anybody in their 50s that I can remember. You, you've got a picture right out there in the hallway of Steve Owens in, uh, in pants and shoulder pads and, uh, you know, uh, who played in the varsity alumni game one year. And I remember I was in Wichita Falls, Texas at the time, and we would get a uh, a regional sports feed, a Southwest sports feed. So you get stuff from like Oklahoma or Oklahoma State occasionally, at Texas, Texas A&M, and you would record that. You could use that stuff in your sportscast. You'd get video, B-roll, what we call uh, sound bites and all that stuff. And I remember it said, you know, the, uh, the lead-in said Oklahoma spring game. And there was a dude – running with the football that looked to be running like a six-flat 40. And initially, you know, I was in Wichita Falls at the time, so I didn't realize, oh, it was Steve Owens. Okay, I'm like, man, that is the slowest running back I've ever seen in my life. You've got to be ki- – oh, okay, yes, that's right. Oh, it's Steve Owens. It's a courtesy handoff. But, yeah, they, they – uh, I'm trying to remember what the last year of the varsity alumni game was. Um uh, Somebody may help us out on the uh, text line. But, yeah, that, that used to be the format back in the day. All right, Air Comfort Solutions text line. we got another good one, the Nick Benito interception against Baylor when they came back from that big deficit. Oof. Yeah, that was huge, too. That's uh, – that. Uh, there may never be another game that I witness in person that can go toe-to-toe with that one and the OU-Texas game from last year. 
both of those. Those are easily the top two sporting events I have ever attended. I mean, that was – Oklahoma was getting their tails kicked in both of those games. And remember, even at one point during the Oklahoma comeback in Waco, that Jalen Hurts fumbled again inside, like, the five-yard line. You thought, all right, Yeah, as he was crossing the goal line. That's it. That's it. uh, Into the comeback. And they they got it done. That was just an absolute slow burn of a comeback. I mean – When you talk about the great moments of the mule shoe era, the win in Columbus is probably number one, right? What tops that? I, I don't even know. I would say that Baylor game tops the win in Columbus. I don't know. That was pretty big, though, to go to the horseshoe and win like that. Particularly, that was what, Muleshoe's second game as head coach? Yeah, second game as head coach. Um, man, that Baylor game, that second half felt like it took hours. Unbelievable. I, they, they were in no hurry. That's what was astonishing is because they were climbing back into that game, and you could tell they had the momentum – and you could tell Baylor was starting to get uneasy, but it just felt like they were moving so slow. You're like, all right, come on now. You gotta mm-hmm. gotta get this thing moving, gotta kick it into an extra gear if you're gonna catch up. And they never they never did, and they never had to, because by the end of it all, they had the game tied, went down the field on that final drive, and then turned it over to a kid who hadn't even had the starting kicker job six weeks prior in Gabe Burkage mm-hmm. for the game winning field goal. Uh, do you feel like that was kind of the beginning of the Nick Benito's going to be a great player moment? Yes. I, 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 here's the thing. People remember that play mm-hmm. that Nick Benito made in 2019. That's the play that everybody remembers him for because 2020 was when he really burst onto the scene. The play that nobody remembers in 2019 was arguably more crucial than that one. And it was on the two-point conversion that Iowa State attempted that would have beaten the Sooners in Norman after Oklahoma led that game by 21 points Mm -hmm. going into the fourth quarter. He was the one that got the hand on the ball and deflected that pass into the arms of Parnell Motley to preserve that victory for Oklahoma. That is, I would say, even more so than the Baylor play that probably was Nick Benito's best play of his redshirt freshman season. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Uh, but, man, what uh, that, that's another thing, too, when you think about the mule shoe era. One of the things that was a, a staple of the mule shoe era was blowing big leads. Right? Kansas <laughs> yeah, State, it really was. Like, State, if you, know, you tallied up how many times that happened, like, I'd be curious to know. Look at the entire decade, the 2010s. All right, take 2010 to 2019 or 2020, and take a look at how many double-digit leads Oklahoma squandered under Muleshoe versus the entire rest of the decade. Mm-hmm. I'd bet the numbers would sway in Muleshoe's favor on that one. Yeah. Somebody says Oklahoma-Tennessee was pretty good. Yeah, but Lincoln uh, Muleshoe was the OC in that game. Remember, he did say that he thought he was going to get fired. Maybe he should have. If, if they, yeah. He said, I thought Bob was going to fire me because we didn't move the ball for three quarters, and then it became the uh, Baker and Sterling Shepard show. That was a big-time game, though. All right, we get a break right here. Thank you again to the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. Exit 72, great deal on a vehicle, great service after the sale. Oil changes, engines for life on new or used gas or diesel. 
at no additional cost to you. Eric Bailey coming up at 135. Big news in the NBA. We'll get to that as well and more of your text next here on The Ref. Okay, we're back. And we've got Eric Bailey coming up in the next segment. Great uh, writer, reporter for the Tulsa World. Super nice guy, too. 135, he will join us. We'll get to the text here in a second. Uh, some breaking news in the NBA. And uh, we knew that the news was not good for Devin Booker, but a grade one hamstring strain and going to be out two, three weeks Oof. minimum. Is, is grade one good or bad? Not good. Is that and, on the is that on the severe end of the spectrum or the non-severe end of the spectrum? I I don't know. Maybe middle. I don't know. But I'm just saying he's going to be up two to three weeks. So that that's a major problem. They again lost the game to the Pelicans at home the other night, and uh, they've got game three in New Orleans coming up on Friday. So the Suns again, um, you know, could be in some trouble. Could be, you know, my uh, I thought we were on course for a repeat of last year's final between Milwaukee and Phoenix. Now you got the Bucks with a Chris Middleton injury, left the game with seven minutes left uh, last night with a sprained MCL. That's not good. He might be out for the postseason. DeMar DeRozan went off with 41, and uh, Billy Donovan's done a really good job in Chicago. So uh, right now it looks like, to me, we are headed for a Celtics-Warriors final. And that would be pretty good. The Celtics, man, they played some defense on Kevin Durant. I know KD had 27, but uh, 18 of 20 from the free throw line, 4 of 17 from the floor, 1 of 2 from 3, 0 for 10 from the field in the second half with six turnovers. So they are absolutely playing some great defense on Kevin Durant. So the Celtics, again, uh, looked like the Nets had the game plan and they had the lead, but they were outscored by Boston 29-17 in the fourth quarter. Uh, Sixers are up three games to none on the Raptors, winning in overtime. Joel Embiid with a huge shot uh, to win that for Philly. Uh, And again, we have three games tonight. Memphis at Minnesota, 630 on TNT. That series even at one apiece. The Mavs and the Jazz, good chance that Luke is going to play tonight for Dallas. And uh, Jalen Brunson had a huge game for the Mavericks again, but uh, that series again going back to Utah tonight. For Game 3, series tied at one game apiece. Luka probable uh, coming back from that calf injury, 8 o'clock on TNT for that one tonight. Then the Warriors and Denver, 9 o'clock tonight from the Mile High City on TNT. The Warriors lead two games to none. The new death lineup has been uh, Jordan Poole, man. (laughs) Uh, Has been playing out of his mind. And and Steph Curry again coming back and playing very well. So. All right, Steely, you had your phone. I tell you, NBA. it's bouncing back to shooting football. All right. You know, you know, NBA, a bunch of spoiled rich people. Let's talk OU. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the Air Comfort Solutions text line. And everybody's weighing in on a big interception. For Zach OU. Sanchez picking off A.J. McCarron in the 2014 Sugar Bowl. Mm-hmm. That was a big one. Although the big play, the one that everybody remembers, right, is the, uh, the Geno Grissom. Uh, fumble. Yeah. Or was it Jordan Phillips? I'm trying to recall. Um, Did one force and one recover? Is that why I have both I, embedded that, in my memory? That sounds right. Yeah. It was, I think it was Gino that forced it and Jordan Phillips that returned it. Eric Stryker had a huge game, too. Yeah. Every, everybody had a huge game. Colton Bester. Colton Bester, man. It, it was like. 
Trevor Knight, it was like the movie Thunderstruck in college football. Trevor Knight became like Joe Namath, and LeColton Bester became Jerry Rice. And that was uh, – I remember the game. It was – didn't Bama come down and score in the first possession, and they just waylaid um, – who was it? They absolutely drilled somebody on the kickoff. Well, it would have been Alex Ross, right? It, it may have been Alex Ross. I think it – Somebody will let us know on the text line, short-term memory. But – and you're thinking, man, Bama, uh-oh. And that was that was an unbelievable night for OU. Somebody said Parnell Motley versus Texas in the Big 12 title game. That must have been 2018, right? But for whatever reason, I don't remember that. I remember Trey Norwood's pick that sealed it. And obviously everybody remembers Trey Brown burying Sam Ellinger. Mm, right. Trey uh, Brown was Mr. Arlington, no doubt. Uh, and w- I think it was Ben Powers that uh, – orchestrated Brecken Hager's funeral that day. Oh, my gosh. They absolutely destroyed that guy. I, I really don't I don't recall Parnell Motley's pick, though. I'm not questioning that it happened. I'm sure it mm-hmm. probably happened. I just that's – no, that's nowhere in my brain, in my memory reservoir. All right, Air Comfort Solutions text line always open to you, 405-651-3439. <laughs> Somebody said Parker Thune intercepted the topic ball and spared us from more <laughs> NBA talk. It was Roy Finch. You Roy got Finch. Was okay. it really? Wow. And it was Charles Tapper, not Jordan Phillips, okay. that returned it. I was quickly corrected yeah, on yeah. the Air Comfort Solutions sex line. You can't get anything past Sooner fans. There's always somebody who's got the answer, no doubt. Wait, no. Now, now some people are saying it was Geno Grissom that recovered it and Eric Stryker that forced it. Gosh, okay, well <laughs> – Clearly, there's no consensus. Hands I'm just gonna have to go find the YouTube clip. The one uh, was it Sanchez who sealed the win in Knoxville? Yes, that it was. sounds right. Yes, yes, that was Zach Sanchez. Yeah, Zach Sanchez had a knack for the interception, no doubt. Good player, good player. All right, and again, uh, the Air Comfort Solutions text line always available to you at 405-651-3439. Softball nears. The uh, softball team bounced back. You knew North Texas was in big trouble. Sooner women run rule. North Texas in Denton last night, 10 to nothing. It is uh, their 32nd run rule victory of the year. Tiara Jennings had two home runs, one for Elisa, uh, Elisa Brito, who has been unbelievable recently. Brito, four home runs in her last four games, one for Janet Johns, Jordy Ball, Hope Troutwine combined in a one-hitter. Sooners go to 39-1, beating North Texas last night. Now for the Iowa State Series this weekend, because of rain coming in, they have changed things up. There will be a double-header Friday beginning at 4 o'clock and 6.30 is the plan for Game 2 at Marita Hines Field. And then Saturday, a 1 o'clock game. So they have moved things up because of uh, inclement weather coming in, uh, expected uh, late Saturday afternoon. So, again, doubleheader coming up tomorrow, 4 o'clock, 6.30, and then Saturday, a 1 o'clock start for the single game uh, between Oklahoma and Iowa State. And I have fact-checked on the 2014 Sugar Bowl. It was Stryker that forced it. It was Geno Grissom that recovered it. There you go. So Geno Grissom was with the Patriots for a while, right? He was. Yes, I, I don't believe he's still with them, but been quite a few Sooners players over the years that have gone through New England. Obviously, right now, you got Ronnie Perkins and mm-hmm. Ramondre Stevenson there. Yeah. Ramondre played quite a bit. He was their number two back, basically, right? Uh, Ronnie Perkins didn't play a whole lot. And uh, I'm trying to think if they moved him to the practice squad. Um, 
maybe for a while, but we'll see. We'll see how he how he ends up doing. Okay, I know they this, like him there. This is an interesting can of worms. One listener says, best single game ever by a Sooner cornerback, in my opinion, by night in the Sugar Bowl. I don't know. There's some – you look at some of the games that Baker Mayfield had in his three years as starter – do you remember how stunningly efficient he was in that 66-59 to 59 win over Texas Tech? And everybody remembers the gaudy numbers that Patrick Mahomes put up. Baker Mayfield threw the ball 36 times and closed the night with, I want to say, 545 yards and seven touchdowns through mm-hmm. the air. Yeah. To do that on 36 attempts, that is ridiculous efficiency. Did um, Mahomes threw for what, like five seven thirty four? Oh my! It was that much. Yes, seven hundred and thirty four. I was yards. thinking that was the total. It tied the FBS single game record. Wow! And did they almost have? What did they have between them? Yard both teams. You remember total uh, offense? It it was upwards of seventeen hundred. That's because they both crazy. eclipsed. I think they had the exact same total yards numbers. It was something like eight hundred and fifty four. Yeah. Golly. You talk about flag football. You know who else? You know who else was uh, unbelievable? Was Joe Mixon that night. He was spectacular, too. Yeah, he had something like 340 scrimmage yards. Yeah. Joe Mixon was a heck of a back, no doubt, and still is in the NFL. All right, let's break right here. Air Comfort Solutions tax line, keep it coming. 405-651-3439. We've got Eric Bailey coming up to talk Sooner football next. A little Eric for Eric. Eric Bailey, Tulsa World, does a great job covering uh, the Sooners. And uh, how cool is Eric Bailey? I've said he's the nicest man in the Oklahoma media. And, uh, you know, me in my old age here, I forgot that Joe I – th- I had it in my mind that Joe Washington was tomorrow, and I forgot, oh, wait, it's the 21st. That's today. Because I had just set up having a conversation with Eric at 1235, so I texted Eric back. Oh, Eric, we could have had them both at the same I time. It could have been house party vibes. I know, but I said, Eric, I'm an idiot, man. I had Joe Washington at 1235. I totally forgot. And he said, it's an honor to be bumped by a little Joe. No issue. I mean, that's Eric you Bailey. Know, the, the coolest thing about Joe Washington is I had an opportunity one year to play golf at an event with Joe Washington, and two cool things about it stood out that I always remember is he he had silver golf shoes on, which was awesome. <laughs> yeah. And then in his golf cart, he played Motown the whole round. Oh, he had a little nice. phone. He had a little speaker, and he played Motown music the whole time. It, it, it was just so cool. You know, Joe Washington, he's cool to begin with, but man, that was just. On a golf, you know, on the golf course with him, it was just too cool. It was, it was, it was a great moment. No sooner has ever had more style than Joe Washington, and uh, <laughs> you know, he was, he was the forebearer of uh, sooner style back in the day, no doubt. Okay, Eric, um, man, I know that you're liking all this new media access, but it's probably put more mileage on the vehicle now. I mean, right? I mean, it used yeah. to be kind of <laughs> shut down, and now you're making trips to Norman all the time. You know, the Tulsa World Bean Counters, they got to figure this out because, you know, for two years we had COVID. So I was working from home basically exclusively. And, you know, I can count on my on one hand how many trips I made to Norman over an 18-month period. Now that's shattered. I'm, I'm making that trip. I'm getting mileage. And gas isn't cheap these days. So, But I, I've been loving the access. I'm loving the face-to-face interviews. I'm loving the chance to get to know Brent Venables, you know. Heck, a couple weeks ago, I took uh, my daughter with me because we had a softball tournament in Oklahoma City. 
during during the afternoon. So she came with me, and and Brent Vittable said hi to her, and it's a moment she won't forget. So it, it, it's just I love the access, getting to see five practices total, 30 to 45 minutes a session during the spring. That's a third of the practices when you think about it, more than a third when you count the spring games. So that's six instances where we've had access to watch practice, and uh, it, it's great. I, I love the access. You, you can't complain one bit. All right, Eric, so as we look ahead to the spring game on Saturday, if you had to pick one thing that you're most excited about, uh, what do you think is the most compelling storyline heading into the spring game that isn't Baker Mayfield related? <laughs> it, it, for me, it's the offense. I think, for me, I'm really excited about seeing the, the new faces. I mean, there's so much newness, and, and you know, coaches included. I mean, we're going to see Brent Venables out there. Is he going to have a microphone yelling the whole time during the game? Maybe. We don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, you know, it, it's funny because I don't think we'll get to see a get-back coach until the UTEP opener, but I'm curious about that get-back coach during a game <laughs> game environment. So I don't think we'll see it this week, but uh, I can't wait for things like that. But it's just the newness. The coaches, uh, the players. I mean, you know, I think uh, the one player that intrigued or there's two players on offense that intrigued me the most, and that's – uh, Javante Barnes, the running back out of Las Vegas, and then Jaden Gibson, the six-five receiver out of Florida. Uh, you know these playmakers; these are guys that they brought in and they're expecting big things from. I'm excited to see them in person and see them in a game atmosphere. And then on defense, it's some of the the veteran guys. I mean, it, it, it's Jeffrey Johnson up front. I want to see what he can do. And, and there's just so many. It's just everything's new, and I think that's going to be the main storyline. There's going to be so much newness from the coaches to the players. It's going to be an exciting day in Norman on Saturday. What was it like for you covering Baker during his tenure in Norman? You know, uh, I, I described him as kind of the the offensive version of Brian Bosworth, kind of a great player with a larger-than-life personality, very controversial. But anything that stands out to you about covering him for his uh, for his time, the three years he started at OU? You know, it's funny. Late 2013 in December. I got a phone call from a coworker who knew the Mayfield family and said, hey, this, this guy's thinking of transferring and Oklahoma's on the radar. And at the time, all I knew about Baker Mayfield was that he was at Texas Tech. He played some, uh, then got benched, and there was a lot going on down in Lubbock. And, and uh, I got to talk to his dad, uh, talk to his dad a little bit uh, before he came to Oklahoma. And his dad said, yeah, we're really considering Oklahoma. And that's when I really got to know how – ingrained Baker Mayfield was with the University of Oklahoma so lo and behold when he came in 2014 and just showed up I mean and you got to remember Trevor Knight was the guy at the time too so when he shows up everyone wonders what's going to happen to this guy and uh, we heard things from behind the scenes we heard that he was a great scout team quarterback and you know we really didn't know much about him though because you know truthfully in in 2014 uh, it, it was a tough year and, you know, all the focus was on the football program itself. It wasn't on the scout team or what's become behind this team. It was trying to see if this team could get right. And uh, my very first time really getting to see his charisma, I guess, if you call it, it was at the bowl game at the end of the season, the Russell Athletic Bowl, during, you know, the, the, the team week party, you know, the week of the game, you know, before the game's played. And he was dancing. It's a clip that's familiar now. He, he was dancing at a kid's event. And the team was just all around him, and we're like, that's Baker Mayfield. And we're trying to figure out, what, what's he doing? Because he had everyone, and he hadn't played a snap. He was just a scout team quarterback at the time, but he had all those players just cheering and laughing. And, you know, you see the video now. Uh, that's what I remember the most. I remember taking a video of him doing that and sending it to his dad, and his dad texted me back saying he gets that from his mom. So that was my first really up-close interaction with Baker Mayfield was when he was doing that. 
And then he comes out in the spring game in 2015 and, and is almost perfect throwing the football in the spring game. And then he's the starter. So the, the, long story short, it's a long answer, but I, I think we saw his charisma when, when he was at that Russell Athletic Bowl, and he just grew into it. And, you know, in his second game, I think he had everyone loving him because of what he did at Tennessee. You know, tough first half, great second half, great fourth quarter, not second half, but great fourth quarter in overtime at Tennessee. And from then, the story really started. Now, Eric, uh, shifting the focus back to the team that's going to hit the field Saturday, uh, there are some things about this team – that we know, right? We know Dylan Gabriel is going to be the starting quarterback. We know Marvin Mims is going to be lining up outside as a wide receiver. You know you got Jalen Redmond at defensive tackle. There are some positions where you have a clearly defined starter. If there is a positional battle that you think is flying under the radar as we head into the spring game on Saturday, what position are you really scrutinizing here? You know, it's funny. you got to watch the safety position. What's going to happen there? I mean, they lost two key players, a lot of experience in uh, Larry and Turner, D.L. and Pat Fields. And, you know, there were times when fans loved them, times when fans it would groan. I mean, it was just frustrating for fans at times. But for the most part, those guys were experienced. They knew what to do. They knew the defense. They knew how to make plays. Now they got to refill those spots. And I, I'm really interested in watching that develop in the secondary Really excited about seeing Billy Bowman just concentrating on one position. He's not going to be moving around. Brent Venables wants him to be a safety, and and that's that's going to be important because I, I felt you know we talked about this earlier in spring. You know he really didn't get a fair shake last year because he was being moved around, and as a true freshman, they're asking you to go out there and learn two, three different positions. That's really not fair to you. You're really not set up for success when that happens. I think Billy Bowman has really been set up for success this year. So we'll see what happens with Billy Bowman as well as Key Lawrence. I mean, here, here's a young man who, same thing. I mean, they put him at cornerback, and now he's back at safety. And I, I think Lawrence and Bowman are the two players. I want to see if they can really take command of that safety position. And uh, you have a lot of guys back there that can make plays. But I think those two, with the talent that they have and just the experience that they received last year, I think that was key. And how much are they going to evolve? How much are they going to grow under, um, under Brent Venables in this defense? And, and we'll see. We'll see what happens. Eric, really good stuff as usual. We appreciate it, and uh, we'll see you uh, here this weekend, I'm sure. And thanks for your time, my man. Thank you. All right. You guys have a good week, and thanks for having me on. Everyone enjoy Saturday's game, okay? Eric Bailey, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Tulsa World does a really, really, really excellent job. And he's a really good guy, too. All right. You want to get a couple texts in before we uh, get to the Air Comfort Solutions text line? All right, let's take a look. One listener says, I'll be keeping an eye on Harrington. Think he is going to be a dude. I'll say this much. Physically, it's all there with Justin Harrington. It has never been a question of his physical ceiling because the physical ceiling is there. It's just a matter of whether he's willing to, A, willing to fit the coaching staff's vision for him and willing to submit to their direction and also willing to compete. And I think you're going to see a revitalized Justin Harrington after he spent six months away from the team. The question becomes how quickly can he learn the scheme and how quickly can he learn his role? Because it set him back quite a bit when he joined the team, what, two weeks after the opening of spring practice? So not being with the team until the 1st of April – that's naturally going to put a guy behind the curve. So that's my concern with Justin Harrington. Physically, I have no concerns because he's a freak. Yeah, and, you know, here's one thing I've heard from a couple people in coaching that 
seem to be in the know that they have said for a while that the OUDB's technique has not been very good. So we'll see. Well, and, well they it, were coached by a hype man for a while. Yeah, remember. well, they were coached by an outside linebackers yeah. coach. That's what you got to keep in mind. Is and that that, Roy Manning was probably not best suited to teach technique. Physicality, okay, right. maybe, but technique, no. So we'll see. And uh, man, I am talking about you hear accountability, details, and man, if they're not doing things right, they're going to hear about it. And I'm not saying they never heard about it, you know, with Neil Shue. I'm sure they did. But it seems like, man, they are a stickler for details on this staff. And that uh, that's going to make a difference. I think you're going to see a more physical defense. Look, uh, you know, some guys are going to have to step up and prove themselves that they can get to that next level, too, on this defense because you're losing some guys. Perrion Winfrey, Nick Benito, Isaiah Thomas, they were pretty good players, man. Asamoah, I think, had a really good year, right? They, uh, but I, again, I'm I'm curious to see, you know, more looks and I I think more f- physicality coming up for the uh, Sooner defense, and uh, we'll see some of that I think coming up on Saturday. All right, one more segment to go. We'll get uh, get to the text line as much as we can. 405-651-3439 of the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Keep it here on the ref. All right, we're back. One more segment to go. Air Comfort Solutions text line available to you, 405-651-3439. All right, our friends at Riverwind Casino, if you are a blackjack player, then you need to be taking part in the 10K April Fool's Play because you just have a couple days left through April 22nd if you're a blackjack player. Uh, during this qualifying period, which, again, started April 1st and runs through the 22nd, you'll have a chance to receive $50 in chips for hitting a six-card hand without busting. Then on April 23rd, which is this Saturday night, any remaining prize amounts will be given away in random hot seat drawings every 30 minutes starting at 7 p.m. And, uh, again, uh, 10K in chips is what they're giving away. And, again, if you are a blackjack player – you have through the 22nd to go out there, and if you get a six-card hand without busting, you're going to receive $50 in chips, and who knows what you could parlay that into. And then all the remaining, uh, the deficit from 10000 uh, 10, uh in terms of the amount of chips given out uh, will be paid off in random hot seat drawings every 30 minutes starting at 7 p.m. coming up on Saturday night. And uh, keep in mind, Beats and Bites 22 is coming May 28th. Night Ranger and Starship of Mickey Thomas will be the first show out. You can get your tickets, your individual tickets, for a great show outdoors with all the great food trucks, the retail vendors. You can bring your pet. You can have some great craft beer from Coop Ale Works if that's uh, what you want to do. Get on out and get online at riverwind.com and get your individual tickets now. They're only 5 bucks for Beats and Bites 2022. All right, why don't we get to the uh, text line to close things up. Best single game by a Sooner player was D.D. Westbrook versus Texas 2016. Ten catches, 232 yards, three touchdowns. That game launched his Heisman campaign. Yes, but the original texter was saying the game that Trevor Knight had in the 2014 Sugar Bowl was the best game they'd seen by a Sooner quarterback, not any Sooner player. Mm-hmm. If you're talking about the best individual performance by a Sooner, you have a ton 
of candidates in that capacity. Oh, yeah. Knee-jerk reaction, I'd say Samaj P. Ryan's 427 in 2014. Yeah, For me, you, it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, but. And, and you're right. But the people would say, well, it was Kansas, you know. But still, I remember thinking, man, is P. Ryan going to break Greg Pruitt's record? And I think he did that. Did he do that by halftime almost? Or did he? I'm trying to remember. Uh, and then we start thinking about, man, he's going to go for the all-time NCAA record. And he got it on a rainy Saturday. <laughs> and he could have cracked 500, he too, could if he stayed man. in the game. I love Samaj P. Ryan, man. He's such a class kid. He was always... I uh, wish he'd stayed another year. Yes, and, you know, it looked like uh, his NFL career was floundering for a while, and now he's back in pretty good stead in Cincinnati. Uh, yeah, I know. He's kind of on the up and up. Yeah, absolutely, and he and he and Joe Mixon both there. So You know whose NFL did career... Or you, you know whose NFL career did flounder Didi was Rodney Anderson's, and that is a shame. Because. Yes, and again, I think so many injuries for Rodney Anderson, you know, right? D.D. Westbrook is an interesting case because he's shown flashes at he times started in the out, NFL. He started out pretty good. It's just – it's kind of astonishing that a guy that talented and a guy that did so much at the collegiate level has just never really caught on in the NFL. And it's not due to off-field issues either. You think back to some of the talented wide receivers that have produced at the college level and failed Justin to do much Blackman of anything. Justin Blackman is the poster Justin child. Blackman was exactly who I, I was about to bring up. Yeah. It's guys like that where they have off-field issues. Uh, Carlos Rogers is another guy from back in the day that comes to mind. But it's those types of guys that tend to wash out of the NFL because – there's some extenuating circumstance where there's something going on off the field that takes away from what they're doing on the football field. Yeah, That was never the case for D.D. Westbrook. It just, for yeah. whatever reason, it just hasn't come together. You know, and uh, Rodney Anderson, man, just had so many injuries and bad luck. The dude was a stud, man. No doubt about it. He, you know, I never think, and Rodney Anderson was a really good player at Oklahoma, but we never got to see just how great I think Rodney Anderson could have been. He got a little, his little brother coming to OU, of course. Uh, somebody on the text line says, little Q. And you've got to be talking about the Texas game, right, where he scored Quentin Griffin had six touchdowns when they couldn't tackle him all day long. Quentin Griffin was uh, – you talk about a guy that uh, kind of came out of nowhere and became a great player. Quentin Griffin was one of those guys for OU, no doubt. On – the Air Comfort Solutions text line, one of our Lawton area listeners says, Mark Andrews is the best Sooner in the NFL besides Trent Williams. <laughs> it's pretty blatantly yeah. obvious that Trent Williams is in a league of his own right now. Well, you're talking about Sooners Creed Humphrey is, is close to that group now, too. He had a great rookie year, there's no doubt. But, yeah, Mark Andrews, all pro. Trent Williams considered uh, for a long time the best tackle in football. All right. Thank you to the Seth Wadley Auto Group. Thank you guys for all your great texts. You guys are awesome every day on the text line, 405-651-3439. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we've got Locked In coming up with Parker and Tyler McComas. More Bill Biedenboe audio on the way. And uh, don't forget about Teddy outs at Ash Cigar, 3 to 6, 712 North Broadway with Little Joe and his crew in the Smoke Through a Keyhole Cigar events and then tomorrow night at Cohiba Lounge 6 30 to midnight corner of Boyd and Jenkins love Cohiba Lounge and thanks to Eric Bailey and Joe Washington two really good guests today we'll see you tomorrow take care